Hi there, it's Lucinda. I'm just jumping on to let you know about some exciting news. Well, it's exciting to us at Actus. We're launching a brand new product, Actus 360 Now. It's a ready-to-go 360 product aimed at small and medium-sized organisations or independent HR professionals. And it's the perfect tool if you want to put in place leadership development or maybe manage or embed your values and your culture more so. And we've just designed it with ready-to-go templates so that you can either design your own templates or you can use one of ours. So if 360 is something you think you might want to explore, we've got lots and lots of resources. I've got a book, The Complete Guide to 360 Feedback. I did a podcast quite recently on it as well. So it might be something that you want to investigate. I'm going to be running some webinars. So next week on the 24th, Thursday the 24th, there'll be a webinar where I'll do a little bit of an introduction. And if you're an independent consultant, there'll be something on the 2nd of March. And obviously, if you're hearing this on repeat and those dates have gone, you can just uh, go to our website and you'll be able to get more information there, www.actus.co.uk. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Morna Bunce. She's such a fabulous inspiration. I always enjoy catching up with her. And if you want to know more about our 360 product, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And today I've got a guest with me. I've got Morna Bunce, who is the Chief People Officer at Stowe Family Law. And although this is going to have a little bit of a a real HR um, element to it, because I think it'll be good to understand a little bit about Morna and her background and her career to date. One of the things I really want to focus in on is the the culture that um, she's been involved in at, uh, at the law firm that she uh, works works within or presides over in an HR term or chief problem solves um, and explore one of the particular um, well different activities I'm not quite sure how we explain it. it's known as Stofest and I understood a little bit about this last year and was really impressed by this engaging developmental event that everybody got involved in and that was a virtual event and I know that this year you've just done it for real so no one here knows what Stofest is but it's obviously a, a festival element and uh, I guess we'll explore that later on Morna so you can tell us a bit about it but I think it says quite a lot about the culture that you've established within the, the um, business that you've are part of. So would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit? I would. Thanks very much, Lucinda. So um, I've actually been at Stowe's for um, 17 years now, which is pretty much the entirety of my working life. Um, But I've not always been in HR. And I think this is probably something that's quite common to a lot of HR professionals. They maybe have a bit more of a squiggly career than perhaps others do. Um, So I actually joined as a a fresh-faced graduate. I started in their accounts team doing their client billing. Um, And at some point or other over those 17 years, I've kind of had a finger in most pies, most functional pies. So as I say, I've done quite a bit in the accounts team, um, been responsible for sort of advertising and media stuff, um, involved in kind of like onboarding new clients and found my way to HR. That's always kind of been where my interest was. Um, And actually, it was my mum that got me into HR. Um, She was an office manager at a school and she decided she was going to do her CIPD at night school. So I thought I'd go along with her. Um, So the two of us did it together and that was back when it was still called personnel practice so that'll give you a clue as to how long ago that was 
Um, so yes, I'd say I've not worked in lots of different organizations. I've not had that exposure, but I would say I've got quite a good commercial grounding um, in the business where I am just because of all the kind of different fingers I've had in various pies. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I um, have been the chief people officer now um, for the last uh, 12 or so months when I joined the board, um, which was a, a real kind of watershed moment for me in, in my career, having sort of started out at that young age with the business to be able to then say that I'd made it up to, to the C-suite was really yeah, quite something congratulations. And you want to tell us a little bit about what Stowe is? Obviously, it's a law firm. Yes, that, yeah, because yeah, that might be useful, might it? So, context, yeah, we are... Yeah. Yeah, we're a law firm, but we practice only in family law. Um, and we're slightly unusual in that we're private equity backed, um, which is not that common um, in, in the legal world. And um, we're probably the largest supplier of family law services as a standalone unit. So we don't do anything else. Um, and that's all we, we specialize in, which means, you know, we're really able to kind of tailor our approaches to things, um, you know, in terms of our people, but also in terms of our clients as well, which is really great. And we're very much a growing business. You're national, aren't you? Whereabouts are you based? We are, yeah, we've just, um, we're now tipped over the 40 office mark. Um, so we're mainly in England, um, but we have also branched out into Wales as well. Um, and we're kind of top to bottom up and down the country. So we stretch all the way up to Newcastle in the north. Um, and we're down in Bournemouth, Winchester, down on the south coast as well, and kind of everywhere in between. And we have a variety of locations, city-based market towns, um, and just, yeah, quite a large network of offices, which obviously presents its own problems in terms of culture and engagement as well for us. Yeah, so so for, and how many people are there? So 40 offices, that's quite a lot of people you've got. Yeah, so there's 212 of us all together. Um, and the split of that is um, we've got about 90 qualified lawyers um, and the rest are um, legal assistants, are still client facing or they're kind of like specialists in our central teams. So do you have any support in the HR function as you've grown? I do. I'm very, very lucky. And when I tell other HR professionals the size of my team, they do get a little bit jealous. Uh, so I'm really lucky. I've got four people sitting on our operations side of the business. Um, so we're headed up by our uh, head of people and culture, and she's she's got three in her team. Um, and on the talent acquisition side, I've, again, I've got three people on that side of the business as well. Um, and I'm also really lucky because we've got an internal comms specialist, which is just so invaluable for us. Um, so for the size of headcount, we've got the ratio is really very generous but we are a people business um, and we see that as an investment in in our people kind of to, to have that and I think that ties into actually what we talk about later this whole sort of um, festival approach that you had to engaging people and getting people involved and I know you've been up and down um, virtually and and then physically as as, uh, as we've opened back up out of COVID haven't we so um, in terms of your your progression just understanding when you went into HR, or you said you were attracted to it by what your mum said, but you had an opportunity within, so you were given that opportunity. Yeah, what was HR like before, and what have you? What would you say you've brought to the HR role? Yeah, so I mean, it was very, very transactional. Uh, you know, HR with people that made sure you got paid um, and where you went to book holiday, and that was kind of really the, the total of it. Um, and then um, uh, we were purchased in 2017 and our senior partner at the time our founder retired um, and then we started to see a lot more investment in in the business and we were able to sort of um, you know move things along um, and then really uh, sort of the back end of 2019 as we moved into 2020 that was when I was able to sort of divest myself of all the other kind of responsibilities that I had and then purely just had a people focus from there on in um, and that was when we launched our people strategy as part of the wider firm strategy um, and just become a lot more more 
more value add and um yeah and particularly around talent acquisitions become very sophisticated which is really important because we're growing um and yeah just all the things that we kind of our hands were a little bit tied either because of investment reasons or just because um you know we didn't have the um autonomy to kind of deliver deliver on a particular agenda that's kind of sort of fallen away now and you know i'm very lucky that um i do sit on the board and i've got that kind of visibility into those conversations and i can influence what's going on at that sort of level um, and really represent um the, our colleagues views uh, to the board um, and, and that's a real privilege for me to be able to do that so I can tell that obviously um, the business you're part of is relatively un uh, unusual, I suppose, forward thinking um, in terms of what you're doing. But I guess if you're thinking of other listeners who are out there thinking, wow, I'd really like to make it to the C-suite, I'd like to get it onto the board. Um, have you any tips or learnings that you'd share that other people oh, could? Gosh. Could, could <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think some of it is luck and it is being in the right place at the right time. I think it's also hard work and showing, you know, through your delivery what you are capable of. Um, but also, I think you've you've got to push yourself forward um, and and make those opportunities for yourself. I think if you are not able to clearly articulate to your manager what your vision for your own career is, then they're not going to be able to make it happen for you. Um, and that was that was the one thing that I did. I kind of sort of had to put my big girl pants on, as it were, and actually actually speak to my boss and say you know what this is where this is where I want to be and I would really like to be in that position at Stowe's if at all possible but ultimately you know if, if I have to make a, a tough call for my career then I was at that stage where I felt confident enough to do that and that's not easy um, and I think the other thing that I would really recommend do is kind of build your kind of HR allies and other businesses um, I think we're really lucky in HR people are very willing to share they're very giving of their time um, and you know sharing of ideas and information and I think that's really wonderful. You don't necessarily see that in other disciplines. I was talking to our um, CMO the other day and she was horrified. She said, oh, marketing people would never share what they were up to. And she said, yeah. just, you just wouldn't find that. And there's so many wonderful groups on, on LinkedIn. You know, you have your group and on Facebook and stuff where people are so willing to share. And you have to be a little bit cheeky and kind of capitalize on those opportunities. We had a day this week, um, myself and my two um, number twos met up with another people team from another business. Nothing to do with the legal world completely different sort of business to ours and we just sat and we spent the day together chatting about what was on our mind sharing ideas showing each other what we were working on um, and just having that free flow exchange of ideas um, was just great and it is reassuring because you kind of think oh okay some of the challenges that we're having you know there's some commonality there but also it kind of made us really reflect on all the stuff that we delivered um, and actually give yourself a pat on the back because it's it's been a tough sort of 12 18 months to be in HR I think yeah and Bob, yeah and, and that is the beauty actually isn't it because you can share and not really be competing whereas in marketing yeah. and, and and you know it's, it's, it's it, we're indirect so collaborating why not and if it's actually making everybody's working life better it's not a bad thing is it for any organization and taking the time out to go and do that and have that thinking and reflection and recognition is, is a nice thing to do as well you talked about your people strategy um, and I guess that having a people strategy that must and the fact that you've demonstrated value through a people strategy must play into the fact that your boss was open to taking to the board. Let's create a role because presi presumably you've created that role for yourself. Yeah. It didn't exist previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'm assuming that you having this sort of strategy played into it and people seeing value from it. Would you yeah. say that that was one of it? How, how did you go about? Because sometimes that's another area that I think people who listen find a bit tricky as to how to build a people strategy and, and how to 
you know how to bring it together have you any tips on that as to how you develop your people strategy yeah I mean it really was we really were starting with a blank piece of paper um so we had had no sort of preconceived ideas um and I think one of the things that was really helpful for us was as an organization we had a really clear sense of direction so we were able to sort of take right what are the organizational goals um and kind of like you know sort of cascade those down and try and sort of align what we were doing and then sort of coming from the the bottom up um we had taken part for a couple of years now um in the best companies survey so we had this whole wealth of information from colleagues and we were able to sort of weave in things that were important to them as well and kind of marry the two together um, and you know we started with a, as a, literally with a blank piece of paper and a load of post-it notes and sort of started scribbling down and then things organize and you can distill it further and further but then it's having the discipline to also say well, what are the milestones in the in this strategy delivery and what what are we actually going to achieve and how are we going to measure the success of this strategy I think all too often we kind of it's too tempting just to have a wish list of I want to do this this and this but actually you need to be able to demonstrate how that's aligned to the overall strategy of the business and also uh, what what it's going to deliver for the business in terms of value beyond just making it a nice place to work for people so it's definitely lining it up and then of course that that means you're enabling the overall business strategy and people can see the value above you as well in yeah. terms of that do you think because you had a, a sort of a commercial background an internal operational background that gave you an advantage in doing that I do think so and also I think just the amount of time I'd been with the business um, I kind of sort of knew inside out you know our product and how we work and how we market and how we acquire clients so I, I you know I wasn't working in a really siloed way just thinking about the people strategy I was really able to kind of draw in from from what was happening elsewhere in the business and simultaneously you know our CMO was devising our client acquisition strategy and our senior partner was looking at our product offering so we were developing the three things in conjunction with each other and there was a lot of close collaboration yeah great and then there's the synergy between you and then they're all joined up which is exactly what you want now yeah. I, th- I think um that's it's, it's really really that's ideal I'm just thinking um actually it would not necessarily be that easy although it's good that you've been there that length of time the disadvantage is that's what you've always known so it's still kind of hats off to you to be able to think out of the box and be more fresh and, and be creative or you know to think for the future and I guess were these ideas that you'd always had or how did you? Yeah, I think yeah. I think because I had been there a long time, I could sort of see what needed to be done. Um, and I was really lucky because I had that conversation to my boss and said, look, this is this is where I want my career to go. I was incredibly lucky because he said, well, let's bring somebody in as a mentor who can kind of prepare you for that role and kind of help you develop this strategy. Um, and they brought in a really experienced interim HRD to work alongside me. Um, and we worked through it together. And she just gave me that little bit of confidence that you know what you've doing here you know what needs to be done Um, and actually this makes a lot of sense and so she was able to look at it with that fresh external vision um, and that kind of just um, you know validated my approach I guess in a way. Brilliant no that sounds great so then I I mean for me this 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 concept of Stofest that people still probably don't know what we're talking about yet um, I, I see this as an indication of the culture that you're part of there I don't know whether that's what it is do you want to start talking a little bit about how that emerged or whether it's cultural if that's just my perception yeah yeah I mean it's 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 been a real um 
evolving story with us. So it kind of was born out of, we always had an annual legal conference. It sounds a little bit staid and it probably is. And it was just for the lawyers and we would invite barristers and subject experts in and they would, you know, do lots of nice technical CPD. And then there would be some kind of like social um, element to it as well. Um, and, you know, we would go away to a hotel for the weekend, the usual sort of corporate field type stuff and it wasn't really very us and then obviously last year and um, with everything that happened we um had the opportunity to take that online because you know we couldn't physically do it in place which actually meant we could open it up to the whole business for the first time because we weren't kind of constrained with the logistics of trying to keep the business running and you know the financial implications of of taking everybody away for the weekend that sort of thing so we were trying to make it light-hearted and we knew nobody wanted to sit on a zoom call all day and, and have training so as you know because you took part yeah. uh, what we did was we pulled together a week-long program of lots of little bite-sized sessions and you know we still had that technical legal CPD stuff um, you came and you delivered a, a brilliant session about um, thriving through change because um, we have a very um, aggressive change management program going on in the business we had lots of social events uh, we had people come and speak to us about um, diversity issues uh, we had a real focus on well-being we ran yoga sessions PT that sort of thing and we sent gifts and it was all based around this festival concept you know everyone had a festival lanyard and that sort of thing and it was just trying to sort of keep it really light um, and, and enjoyable for people but they could sort of access these bite-sized things from the comfort of their own home but feel that they were coming together with their colleagues which was the thing that everybody was really missing and really craving at, at that point um, so that was last year's and what we, we really wanted to do this year was was replicate that in a in the day and, and with with everybody but sadly logistically we, we just couldn't pull it together this year I think everybody had probably had the same idea and you couldn't get a venue for Love Norman hold us all and so 40 people it's a lot of traveling if you've got 40 locations yeah, where do you host yeah that? where do you put it I Exactly. So what we ended up doing, we ended up having three events. So we had um, Stofest North and Stofest South, which were last week. Um, I have a, a tall copied Carfest concept there with that. And then we had Stofest Central um, a few weeks ago, which we held in Harrogate. Uh, and Harrogate's where the majority of our central teams are located. So um, we had, and doing it that way actually worked really well because we were able to m tailor the content and what we were doing to the kind of different groups and the different audiences. And it was just fantastic opportunity just to hit the road again and, and see the whites of people's eyes and and speak to them directly and hear their feedback and talk about what's going on in the business and yeah there might have been a little bit of socializing happening too oh bad time absolutely <laughs> can't begrudge anybody a little bit of socializing after the last couple no, of years right no. uh, so so this year would have been more of like your traditional conference I suppose in, in my perception so you had a, a, an agenda no Is it, what was yeah I mean that? we did and and you know and uh, our CEO kind of spoke to people and gave people business update and um, just we're trying to become or, or hopefully we're kind of well on the way to becoming a real kind of purpose-led values-driven organization um, so we try um, not to just talk about um, the commercial aspects of the business when we talk to people yeah we give them that information because we think it's important that we have that transparency but we try to talk more about them and their experience at the firm and what we're doing and how that impacts them and just always trying to get two-way conversation going so you know we, we used a tool called Slido and people could ask questions and then you vote the question up the board and you know and our CEO is incredibly open 
and he will you know he doesn't squib it he will answer your questions um, which which I think is really good and yeah we did have some legal training for the lawyers as well because um, it's just too good an opportunity to have them all in room and not yeah. do that um, but in the central teams it was more about for them to hear our strategy but in a way that they were able to link link what they do to it because I think a lot of the time we're very focused on the client facing roles and it's very easy to see how we how they deliver service to the clients and how they add that value and and and, you know they generate the revenue but for the central teams there's a little bit of detachment so it was a really great opportunity to bring them into that conversation and just help them understand a little bit more about how their roles are connected to the to the firm's overall strategy so that was a great opportunity for us. So a central team of people who who are not necessarily client facing that is that what you're saying in terms of yeah so it's all our all our experts and our specialists so the people team the marketing team the finance team have a wonderful client care team um it i I haven't name checked them all and i'll be in trouble if any of them hear this but yeah all those wonderful people that keep the lights on and and the wheels turning uh, which means that our legal teams can deliver that great service absolutely and some heroes but making sure that they um I guess so were they at that one as opposed to the north and south one so you had a yeah. slightly different agenda yeah. for that yeah um, and brought them on I mean I think back to when I used to work in pharmaceuticals and things like that quite a lot of uh, businesses it's a bit like the salespeople would get the conference and then everybody else is like whatever um, but yeah. actually helping everybody be aligned and joined up and part of the vision um, and strategy and understanding how they how they play a part and feeling valued yeah. is really really important isn't it and I I really hate that when people refer to the lawyers and the non-lawyers I'm like please don't describe people by what they don't do it's really disrespectful to to the contribution that they're making and you use the term specialist which is nice yeah um so maybe going back to this the stove fest of last year the virtual piece that you did because um I thought that was just in terms of the the idea and, and and you put more different and he had quite a different agenda in there and things like that and it was quite radical I think or quite quite brave I would I I think I must have taken quite a lot of coordination I'm just thinking how did were there any things that you learned there or did you get ideas from other people or what made you decide to build the agenda the way you did was it just instinct um gosh let me cast my mind back um it it was a long time ago I mean we um all the way through lockdown um one of the the things that we said very from the very beginning is tell us how this is feeling for you and tell us what we can do to help you because it was new for everybody um and um you know we were all finding our way and suddenly you no longer had eyes on people in the office and I don't mean that from checking up on their work I mean checking how they were feeling Um, so we had a really really great line of communication going and lots of feedback loops built in so we could tell from that what people were feeling as though they needed from us Um, so we kind of use some of that to sort of think you know how can we help people so like for example the well-being focus you know everybody was highly stressed last year um, and you know feeling the pressure so that was really important they were also telling us you're throwing a lot of change at us we 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 can't cope which is why we came to you and asked you to to deliver that session for us just Mm -hmm. to help help people kind of understand that that change journey um and they were also telling us that they were desperate to socialize so we had to find some creative way of trying to get people together and we had we did tv quiz shows and um we did like a a murder mystery type thing so we had various kind of like online events 
And it, and it sounds really silly, but even just sending the gift box out with that lanyard and people were coming on the calls wearing the lanyard. So it was clearly important to them that they they felt that connection to, to, to what we were doing. Um, and, you know, and there was a lot of social media activity and our staff internet was lit up with people talking about it. And there was just like a, it just generated a bit of buzz. And I think it was just a bit of a welcome distraction for people mm. at that particular point as to, to what was, yeah. what was happening. I think it was really it was really well timed and really fresh and and I can see the whole lanyard thing I mean these are the sort of things that actually in in different times maybe people they take it for granted if you do it regularly but it was so different but that whole sense of belonging it's perhaps that's what people are missing out on isn't it by giving them that yeah. the box it's quite nice yeah. that they can they can come on great well I mean it sounds exciting actually and, and, and I, I, I've always kind of watched I've ever since I became aware of that from last year I thought oh that's interesting and I watch what you do in social media and I can see it's a little bit different particularly for someone in a law firm um, and I suppose that fits because you're saying you're a little bit different the way you do things as a law firm so yeah. it fits with your brand really and um, what are your future thoughts from an HR point of view any any thoughts that uh, as to where you want to go next or what's next for you and your role in developing the people strategy Gosh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was just uh, speaking to my colleague this morning about this. I was like, well, we need to start planning next year now, not just Stofest, but, you know, a general kind of a- approach to things. And we were like, oh, what, what would happen if we didn't deliver any project just for just for a couple of months? We just operated at a business at, business as usual level. And actually, we were like, oh, that would be a bit boring, wouldn't it? So uh, we're scratching our heads at the moment. I, I think a really, really big focus and push for us is going to be around talent and learning and development, because we've done some great work in the, the acquisition space. And we've, we've got all these brilliant people joining the, joining the business and continue to join the business. But actually, we want to make sure that when they're with us, they're getting the most out of the experience at Stowe's and one of the things that we say in our EVP is we're here to help you get ahead Um, and we're actually really clear about what we mean by that which is that's not just about helping you get ahead at Stowe's and your career progression it's actually helping you with your where you might go next even if it's not with the business if we can somehow help you and develop you that positions you for your next role whether that's with us or not then we'll feel really pleased well that's a big tick for us as a a job well done so that's something that we're doing and we talked a lot at the Stowfest about that as to kind of you know actually having an L&D strategy which we didn't have before everything was a very ad hoc and nobody Mm -hmm. really knew and promotions were a bit kind of behind closed doors so just kind of having a lot more transparency people understand the opportunities available to them Um, and we were um, at Stowfest we actually announced our personal development fund so we're now people can now apply for grants to do a training in anything at all not related to their job Um, so we're trying to encourage people to develop new skills as part of kind of like getting to know our colleagues and getting them to kind of bring more of themselves to, to, to work as it were. Um, and there's no, there's no strings attached save for they have to find a creative way to share that new skill with, with their colleagues and, and, and their team when, when, once they've completed whatever the training is. So we've got lots of excited people trying to figure out whether they can play, want to play the guitar or decorate a cake or, you know, learn some floristry. I think someone in my team decided that she wants to learn um, sign language, um, which is, which is brilliant as well so it's just finding interesting and creative ways to support people's development and not just about the technical aspects of the role that they they are doing currently um so that's going to be a really big push for us i think um i'm interested there i suppose kind of a natural conclusion but i'm going to ask this because it's a bit of a controversial that seems really different from the average professional services firm particularly one that's private equity backed because often with um, you'd expect it to be all about hours and money and it sounds very human and is that 
because of the leadership or you know or, you know the way you've been or, or I'm just intrigued as to or, or am I being unfair on a lot of professional <laughs> services firms but well. I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions on my colleagues and other other businesses. So, um, but I think I think it's a combination of all of those things. I think you know our ownership structure means that there are lots of lots more opportunities for development because you, we're not kind of operating an equity partnership where you have to sort of wait for a chair to become free so that you can move up. It's much more meritocracy. Um, I think the I think just we are very people focused, um, and you know everything that we do every decision that we make we try to have that at the heart of of, of what we're doing and that's very important to us and um you know it is about making money we are we are a business without a doubt but we're trying to find ways of doing that without kind of driving people into the ground and there's a lot of talk um, in the legal world particularly at the moment around well-being and lawyer burnout and finding a better way of doing things Um, and that's that's what we're trying to do and we're trying to be more innovative um, in terms of our product offering and the way in which we work and kind of you know digitalizing that aspects of that so that we can look at how you know maybe we can charge differently which maybe means we can measure productivity differently and we can remove those kind of pressures on on our lawyers we're not there yet Mm. by any stretch of the imagination but it's certainly hugely on our agenda and something that we want to achieve so we can you know just remove that that pressure from people I think is really important to us and we won't always get it right Um, and we say when we don't get it right but we're very keen to listen to what our people are telling us and we have lots of feedback opportunities for people Um, and we encourage we encourage engagement we're still at a small enough size that the leadership team is still very hands-on and we're very Mm -hmm. visible in the business Um, and we like to keep our keep our ear to the ground and you know we're not uh, we're not kind of scary people we might have scary job titles but that's kind of where it ends. Brilliant. That sounds really inspiring and what, what a positive, what a what a positive place to work. And it sounds like a, a really exciting, exciting journey that you're part of and, and driving in, in terms of there. So uh, thank you so much for sharing it with us, Mona. Oh, no, thank you very much for having me, Lucinda. It's been brilliant. Thank you. And um, so if people want to link in with you, and I'm guessing the fact that this whole collaboration and things like that, you, are they happy? Are you happy for us to share your LinkedIn details or how your best yeah, your social media do. details? Yeah, LinkedIn is, is the best way to get hold of me. So yeah, yeah please them, do. Put them on the, on the show notes. So I really appreciate you coming on. Wish you all the best for the future and look forward to see where SoFest and, and all of your people strategies go from here. Brilliant. Thanks, Thank you very much. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.